David, turn with us to 2 Kings chapter number 7. <coughs> Pray for us this morning. I'm not, uh, I'm going to try to not <coughs> talk you to death this morning, but uh, uh, I feel like this is on our heart this morning. We'll do the best that we can. Uh, uh, I've said this many times before, and I believe it to be true. I, you know, I uh, I want to do the best I can for the Lord, because uh, He gave His very best for me. I think we should uh, treat it all that way. This is familiar reading, <coughs> or at least I hope it's familiar reading this morning. Uh, but you, like I said, you just pray for us here for just a few minutes. We'll do and say uh, exactly what the Lord would want done. Uh, we're going to start reading in verse number one. I'm going to read uh, nine or ten verses here, uh, maybe about that. Second Kings chapter number seven, verse number one. The Bible reads, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord, uh, then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the, the man of God, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, uh, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in with the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we, shall, we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit uh, still here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall. Unto the host of the Syrians, if they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we, sh we shall but, di but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of ho horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, uh, they went into the tent and did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it, and came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. And they said one to another, We do not well. This day uh, is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, uh, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came, uh, so they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, uh, neither voice of man, but horses tied, uh, and asses tied, and the tents uh, as they were. And they called the porters, and they told it to the king's house, Within, And we believe that be all that God have us to read and to hear in this morning. And we pray that God add his blessing uh, to the reading of his word. But as we look right here, we're just going to try and back up. Uh, and we're going to preach our way through what we've read this morning, God being our helper. But it's certainly, uh, it's, uh, it's a text that we've used uh, several times over the years. Uh, why set we here till we die? Uh, and this is a question that, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate and sad to say, but there's a lot of people uh, that leave this walk of life, and they die, and they go to hell when you don't have to. 
Um, and it seems like, and, and I want to say this, and uh, I, I don't mean to ruffle feathers this morning, but it seems like that the church is adding and aiding to this message uh, as we look today. But as we back up right here, and, and we'll get to what we're talking about here in just a few minutes, but as we back up here, we just want to start back uh, and read through this and uh, preach as God leads. Then the Bible says, uh, then Elisha said, hear you the word of the Lord. And of course, uh, when we look at, at, the, at the scripture here in 2 Kings, uh, we see Elisha was the, uh, the man that had come after Elijah, uh, and he was the prophet of this day and time, and he came and he spoke these words, uh, and, and it was a voice of encouragement. And I want to say this, friends, today, listen, I, I believe that God's men ought to be a voice of encouragement uh, listen, in a very downtrodden world, amen, listen, I'm going to tell you, we can turn on Fox News and CNN and CNBC and we can turn all these media outlets and I've said this on numerous occasions before, if we employ a 24-hour news cycle, you have to come up with 24 hours of news, seven days a week. Amen. And we live in an information age, and we, uh, listen, so oftentimes when we think that there is no story, they make a story. Why? Because that's their job. I work with people. Uh, listen, and I'm sure that you work with people. Listen, it seems like that it's often cumbersome uh, to do what they're asking, but at the end of the day, that is their job, right? Listen, if they don't find something and if they don't enforce something, there's no reason or point in them being there. And so, friends, listen, when I say this, I believe that there is an overwhelming cry going out, listen, to the world to the day, and it has, listen, it has enamored the people of the church, especially our young people. It's taken them, listen, and it's swallowed them up. It's, listen, we today, you and I, we live in a state of fear because we don't believe the gospel anymore. We don't believe the gospel anymore because we don't read the Word of God anymore. Listen, we don't read the Word of God anymore because we don't pray anymore amen listen and we wonder why things is in such a mess when we don't believe what we're saying and if we don't live out what we say we believe how do you think our children feel if they see us scared do you think that they won't be as well But I tell you something, friends, listen, I, I've been saying this, and I, I want to say it and reiterate it again this morning. I, I'm glad, friends, to listen, Jesus said this, heaven and earth shall pass away, but he said, my word shall and will never pass away. Amen. Hey, in 1 John chapter 4, he said, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now listen to me. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Uh, amen. Listen. And we have, uh, listen, we have that conquering spirit because we've been persuaded. Amen. We've been persuaded. The Bible tells us in Romans in the 8th chapter, uh, listen, uh, being persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things 
present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Those words were penned by a man. Uh, listen, he lived out three missionary journeys. Uh, listen, hey, you'll find him on one account the Bible said. Uh, listen, he said, uh, as concerning the law, he said, I was the chief Jew. Amen. Uh, friends, uh, he had everything, This world, all the accolades uh, that man could ever want, he possessed. Hey, listen. He gave it all up. He became a tent maker. Hey, man, listen. He said, I count all these things as done that I may win Christ. Three missionary journeys later, he was blind in his eyes. He had to have a penman follow him. And this penman's name was often, uh, listen, uh, we find, and uh, listen, uh, there was a little young penman that followed him all the days of his life. Uh, uh, listen, Paul got acquainted with his mother uh, and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice, and his name was Timothy, and he followed Paul. Uh, listen, he went in and out of the missionary journeys. Uh, he seen Paul beaten. He's seen his eyes plucked out. Listen, he's seen all these things. He's seen everything that befell him. Paul said, I'm persuaded. Amen. Well, I'll tell you something, friends, they listen. You see, what I'm saying is we've got to shift our our focus and our mindset. Hey, the Bible, I know I keep preaching on this. When you start preaching, listening, amen, I'll start preaching on something else. Hey, he said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Friends, today, listen, if we would move, hey, I'm going to tell you something. We're not like everybody else, Amen. Timberidge, listen, you're not intended to be Whitehall. Whitehall's not intended to be Timberidge or Di- Diamond Hill and East Hall and East View. Hey, man, listen to me. I, 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 listen, we don't need to try to be like them. They don't need to try to be like us. But you know one thing that we all are? We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. If you can't get along down here, how's heaven going to be? Tell you something, friends. Listen, makes me so mad. I won't choke somebody sometimes. Amen. We can't get along. Paul said, I'm persuaded. He had a mindset. Listen, he didn't harp on everything that he had left, everything that he used to be. He just said, I count it all as done. And I've preached this many times before. He didn't tell Timothy. Timothy walked with him. He's seen everything that he was. He's seen everything that he is. 
transitioning from a lighted jail cell. Listen, from the candlelight of a jail cell, he took a pen for the last time. Listen, he wrote a letter to his beloved son, Timothy, and he told him, he said, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. He didn't tell him to quit. He didn't tell him to go buy a boat and become a fisherman. He didn't tell him to be a tax collector. Amen. Listen, he didn't tell him to go build tents. He said, get your Bible. Preach the word. It's worth it. Everything I paid, it's worth it. He said, now, listen. Hey, listen to the most famous words of Paul that's probably ever been penned. He said, listen to me. He said, now, the time of my departure is at hand. Amen. He said, I'm fixing to leave here. He'd already wrote to the Corinthian church and he said, I desire in the spirit. And they said, I love to go to heaven. He said, but listen, he said, I feel the need, the burden to remain here with you for just a little while. But he said, I know this, Kip, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hey, hey, listen, he said, I know, he said, I know I'll not be naked, amen, but I'll be clothed. With my house in heaven. Amen. Listen. Hey, he knew. Hey, you know why he believed those things? Because he was persuaded of those things. Amen. I'm telling you something, friends, today the church is going to have to find her persuasion and truth and belief in the gospel. It's not just a book. It's not just a fairy tale. But see, that's what we've made it to be. God can't do what he used to do. <laughs> God can do everything that he used to do. We just don't believe that he will. And friends, listen, I, I said all that talking about Elisha. Because Elisha, <laughs> Elisha like Paul, like Peter, like John, like, like all the preachers of God's gospel. Friends, listen to me. We meet people uh, when they're facing death. And you can't, listen to me, you can't, you, you, you can't sugarcoat, you can't lie, you can't persuade somebody, listen, to believe the gospel. We can't coerce. We just tell the truth. But the church has got to be encouraged. Oh, today I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, it is my heart's desire to see a turn in the church. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you what. Timberridge, you've got a wonderfully big church. Amen. God's blessed you with a, a wonderful church. It's a beautiful, uh, listen, it's beautiful. Amen. Uh, we could hold a lot more people. Amen. Uh, don't you agree with that? Say amen. Amen. Well, listen, we could hold a lot more people. But I, well, I want to say this, friends. Listen, if we can't get what's in here fixed first, and listen, it'll just, I'm going to tell you what, uh, listen, if you hang too many vines, uh, uh, listen, on a little old spindly wire, I'm going to tell you something, it'll be overcome by the weight. You've got to grow right 
You've got to grow right. Amen. Uh, listen, and when you grow right, friends, listen to me, you prepare for what is ahead. Amen. Uh, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, uh, it's a sad, truthful fact of reality today. There's a lot of pruning that needs to take place on the vine. There's a lot of dead branches. There's too many people in the church today. Uh, listen to me. Uh, you can't see them smile because their bottom lips wrap plumb around the back of their head. Amen. All they want to do is shoot everything down, talk about the deacons. Some of them's on the deacon board. Amen. If the shoe fits, where if it don't, throw it out the window. Amen. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Hey, listen, for so long we've compromised this book board because we want people to like us versus just preaching the truth. We want to be liked more than we want to tell the truth. I want people to like me. I'm not a mean-spirited, bad person. Listen, I like and I love Timber Ridge Church, but I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, I, I, listen, if there are those among us, and I'm not saying that there is, and if you think that you are, then you might be. I don't know. Listen, I'm not living in your uh, living room. I'm not in your mailbox. Listen, I don't know what's taking place in your mind and in your heart. I don't know what's taking place in years gone by. Chad Dale's one of my best friends, and I've never asked him to this day what's happened and what about such and such and what about who and who. Amen. You know why? Because I don't want to know. I want God to fix it. If God don't change your heart, then it's of naught. It's no good. Hey, man, listen to me. I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, I see lots of pastors. They go along, and I, I've had pastor friends over the years. They started pastor, and I tell them, I say, whoa, you better slow down. Hey, man, you better slow down. I'm just telling you, once you start and you do for one, you got to do for all. Hey, man, you do for one, you got to do for all. You say, well, preacher, is that why you're so sorry? Maybe. Amen. If I'm sorry to you, I'm sorry to everybody. But I want to be faithful to one thing. I want to preach the Word of God. But friends, listen today. When we, when we reach this conclusion, we must come to a place where, listen to me, where this is a place of hope, a place of help, and a place of healing. And listen to me, I'm going to tell you something, friends. I listen, there's so much discouragement, dissension within the church. I'm telling you, we're hurting our young people. Boy, listen to me, I tell you what, my heart bubbled over with pride. Wednesday night when I surveyed the landscape and I seen all those little bright-eyed boys and girls, I asked Kip while we were standing at the door, I said, how many of these people from this community? He said, 95% of them is within three miles of the church. And we had a monsoon rain going on. Listen, there's no telling who would have came, who would have been here. But friends, listen to me today. I'm going to tell you something. If the church don't start being a light to the community, you know what, when I was a little boy, Everybody around the community, they talked about the church. They didn't talk about geographically where they were from, amen. They talked about the church they were associated with. It was a community. It was a way of life. You know why? Because people done life together. They cared about each other. 
And listen, I've said this, and I've said it many times, and I'll say it again. Because it keeps happening. And, and listen, the day and time we live in, listen, we live in a, we live in, it, it don't matter if you like it or not. <laughs> Let me just draw a line in the sand. It don't, this has nothing to do with if you like it or not. Things are different. Times have changed. You can decide to like it or not like it, and that's irrelevant. What are we going to do with what we got? Jesus told us, he said, go out into the highways and the hedges, compel them to come in at my house, and they'd be filled. He said, for the, he said, listen, he said, for the fields are wider than the harvest. Amen. White than the harvest. Never in the, and listen, I, I tell you, and I, I've said this before, never in the history of time has there been more lost people than there are today. What are we doing, church? Listen, I'm going to tell you something, friends. There's a lot of people, they get caught up in their own feelings and they say, well, it's wrong. But listen, when pressed on the matter, amen, this is why I like to get under people's skin real good, amen. When pressed on the matter, I want a good biblical solid understanding of why. Amen. If it's just because you don't feel like it or you don't like it, then I really don't want to hear it. There's a multitude of people have just been pushed out of the church today. They have no church home. They don't care nothing about the gospel. They hate the preacher. They hate the deacons. They hate the church. Why? It's because, listen to me, I'm going to tell you, because the church today is turned into the modern-day Pharisee. Amen. We've told them what to wear, how to look, how to dress. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. You Preacher, do you not believe in those things? Yeah, I believe once you're saved by the grace of God, you've ought to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And I believe that that is shown inwardly and outwardly. But for the lost people that don't know no better, you better open the doors of the house and tell them to come in. But I'm going to tell you, you're trying to clean fish before you even catch them. Now, listen, we'll get through this. It says, Abdenelisha said, Hear you the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, listen. The Bible says, <laughs> then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make the windows of heaven, might this thing be. You know what he told him? He told him a wonderful thing. <laughs> you, know, you know what the gospel is? Romans 1.16, the Bible says, For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. Let me, let, there is no exclusion of the gospel of Christ. He wants every man, boy, woman, boy, and girl, every whosoever to believe upon this wonderful message. You don't have to die. You don't have to go to hell. But listen to me. I, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, I... I you know, I believe what the Word of God says in Matthew 7. Hey, the Bible says, broad is the way and wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction. And he said, many be that go in thereat. He said, narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leadeth to life eternal. And few be 
that, that go in there at and, and it pains. But that should never be a hindrance to me and you about telling the world about the good news of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, what will they say about us? My, my granddaddy always used to say, he said, they can't eat you. Amen. Remember that. Boy, I tell you, we live in a blessed society, don't we? You know what I, I, I used to think? But boy, the, the, the things that we go through. But you know what? In all these uh, fixing to be 20 years that we've been preaching, listen to me. I, I'm going to tell you, you know what? The only thing that's ever happened to me is that somebody said something about me. They just said something. I ain't never been whooped. I'll never forget Gary English telling me he went on a mission trip to Romania. This is Gary's story to tell. But uh, I'll never forget the uh, interpreter that Gary had. Uh, when he got there, Gary began to tell him, you know, about all the trouble. Uh, listen, if you've never been on a mission trip, you go to uh, a place where, uh, listen, there's a language barrier. When you preach, you have to say a few words and stop, and you have an interpreter. That's how that works. And so Gary was uh, very concerned and, and, listen, began to uh, really, in all honesty, make a lot of excuses in the street that they were going to. Uh, listen, he said that uh, the interpreter I just began to get really antsy and excited, and Gary asked him what was going on, and he said, a week ago, they tried to stop me from preaching, and they tied me to the bumper of a car and drug me down this same road just a week ago, but God is faithful. I've had, listen to me, I've lost a few friends over the years. I've had somebody say, say something bad about me on Facebook. Ain't you? Smile. Amen. But you know what? I, I, it's never even come close to my life, my family. Friends, today, listen to me. We ought to be. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. They, now, we can talk about what might be in the future, and that's a different discussion for a different time. But what I can tell you is the words that we read and we gather our faith from. Listen, Paul was a man who it cost him his life. Of the 12 apostles, there was only one that did not die a martyr's death. He, the only one died a natural death, and that was John, the beloved disciple, who uh, the Bible says he laid his head on Jesus' breast, and he was the only one that didn't go away, and he stood with his mother on Golgotha's hill. History, you won't find this in the Bible, and you don't have to believe this, but uh, Josephus, the great Jewish historian, he tells us of the 12 apostles, John was the only one, uh, listen, who died a natural death, and they tried to kill him. They tried to boil a basin of oil and, and, and boil him in the city streets of Jerusalem, but the oil itself would not boil. 
And so they took John and they exiled him to a little island called Patmos. And they said, well, if we can't kill him, we'll starve him to death. And John, listen, the Bible said in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And listen, the Bible says that the Lord of all lords showed up in his midst. I'm glad there's still manna that comes from heaven. Listen to it. Faithfulness. Boy, if we just stay faithful. Boy, I'm preaching myself this morning, but if we just stay faithful, what are the blessings that God has in store for us? Listen, I tell you what, we say, well, uh, preacher, I'd love to see the visions of John. Would you like to suffer what John suffered to see it? You see, that weeds out a lot of Christians before we ever get to the revelation. There's a tribulation. Now listen, let's look at verse number three. The Bible says, and there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. <laughs> and they said one to another, why sit ye wait here until we die? Now listen to me. When the gospel message is communicated, it is, it is good news. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us. It, uh, listen, it's good news about the birth of a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Why is it good news? It's good news because we don't have to sit here and die. Don't have to go to hell. Listen to me. If we believe what the Word of God says, He said, uh, "Listen in Second Peter uh, chapter three, verse number nine, He said, "The Lord uh, is long suffering to us; we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance." My favorite verse in the whole Word of God, John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have. Uh, listen, you can have, you can possess currently now everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but to, that the world through him might be saved. You see, the gospel is good news to those that would hear it. Now listen to me, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, when the gospel comes... Every man, woman, boy, and girl, you have to deal with the gospel just when it meets you. There's a lot of false conversions in today's time. Why is there false conversions? It's because we meet the gospel with a worldly repentance, right? When the gospel, when the truth comes down, listen to me, worldly repentance, and I preached on this here before, but worldly repentance is when we're sorry because we get caught. You ever been sorry because you got caught? I remember, listen, I was a pretty mean, mischievous kid, and that didn't change much when I was a teenager either. But uh, listen, uh, uh, you know, there's lots of people say when they got saved that they, uh, that they just turned into a great kid, but I, I, I wasn't, really. I just wasn't. The Lord convicted me every step of the way. But I'm going to tell you what, I was just like Peter. Amen. I was hot-headed, hot-mouthed, liked to fight better than I liked to eat. Amen. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Love the Lord one minute and serve the devil the next. But the gospel is good news. There's a lot of people, though, 
they meet that good news and they're sorry because they got caught. And it leads to a false conversion. A lot of people are sorry because they get caught. I scared to death of my mama. I was scared to death of mama catching me. It didn't really matter much when I was doing it. When I was doing it, I, listen, I had this distant thought in my mind. Amen. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, listen, I grew up in a household where mama was mama and daddy. She whoop you and beat you and love you all at the same time. She had to. And she beat you with whatever was the closest in proximity. And orientation didn't matter either. Amen. Listen, most of the time the fly swatter sat on top of the refrigerator and it sat with the fly swat out. Amen. So I got the metal in on the back of the leg right there. You know, it hurts pretty bad, but listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. We start to cultivate and start to develop this fear of being caught. And listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. In the church today, listen to me, I believe that we've cultivated this fear, this fear of being caught. But you know what? The Bible, the Bible gives us counsel in 1 Corinthians on this. He said, but godly repentance worketh sorrow that needeth not be repented of. And what does it bring? Salvation. When somebody meets the gospel, that's what it means when you meet the terms of the gospel. Because, friends, listen to me. When you meet the gospel, you're not, you listen to me, you're not fearful of what man can do to you. Then you have a fear of what God can do to you. The day I got under conviction as an eight-year-old boy, when the Spirit of God spoke to me through the Word of God and the man of God began to preach, amen, listen to me. I, I didn't have a fear of my granddaddy or my mama. I had a fear of God. Have you ever faced that fear? Have you ever stood there just like these four men did? <laughs> that's, that's the way I got. When the gospel spoke to me, and listen to me, I, I didn't care about who was around me. I didn't care what mama thought or granddaddy thought. At that very moment in time, the only thing that mattered to me is what God thought about me. Let me read you something. Turn in your Bibles just quickly so you don't think I'm making this up. In Romans chapter 5. <laughs> we are an enemy with God, and God at that time was our enemy. I, I'm going somewhere with this, but listen to me. When you're lost, God is your enemy, just as you are the enemy of God. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse number 10, the Bible says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. And not only so, but we should also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, now, uh, by whom we have now received the atonement. We were an enemy to God, and God was an enemy to us. You see, these four men, they seen the Syrian army, and it was their enemy. And they knew, listen, but they come to themselves, and they said, we can either sit here and die, or we can go down to the enemy's camp. 
and die. And when we get down there, Chad, listen to me. We know that we'll probably die at their hands, but when we get to the hands of our enemy, the only thing we can do is beg for mercy that they'd save our life. You see, when the gospel comes, friends, listen to me, there has to be a decision made. See, when the gospel comes, it brings death. There's a separation. When accountability comes, it separates. Amen. Just as Adam, when he, listen, immediately when he partook of the forbidden fruit, the Bible says that he seen, listen, Adam and Eve, they seen each other's nakedness. And they went and took fig leaves and covered themselves and hid themselves, and God came looking for them. Adam, Adam, where art thou? And he said, I hid myself because I was naked. Now listen, this is very, very important doctrinally. When a man dies in the gospel state and condition, he is not Lazarus dead. Okay? This is very important. You may say, preacher, this is not important to me right now. Well, I'm just telling you, you latch on to this, you go home, you study it. But this is very, very, very important. When a person sees and they're separated from the gospel, you are not Lazarus dead. What, is, what do I mean by Lazarus dead? Lazarus dead is somebody that is incoherent, incapable. They do not have the ability to do anything. They can't cry. They can't open their mouth. But friends, listen to me. That's not the shape and condition that the Bible paints a sinner in. Adam is our first one. What do we see about him? He saw he was naked. You know you're saying. When the gospel comes, you know where you're positioned. He hid himself. Why did he hide himself? He hid himself is because he was no longer, listen, he wasn't sorry that he had gotten caught. He was scared of God. There was a godly fear had risen up inside of him. Now listen, the Bible says that he saw these things. He knew these things. He hid himself. And the Bible says, thank God. Amen. Thank God when we are in our most lost state and condition. I've told this story many times. But listen to me, I'll tell you what. Uh, God showed me the greatest thing that I've ever seen and probably ever will see in Chuck E. Cheese. And it happened to my son. There's a tunnel system in the ceiling of Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know if you've ever been there. But in this tunnel system, there's a long stretch, and, uh, and then there'll be a, a bubble uh, where they join the tubes together, and there'll be a plexiglass wall. And it runs throughout the whole restaurant, and you can just sit there and eat, and your kids can play. And listen, they was a, a good friend of mine, <laughs> that we were there uh, listening. Uh, we uh, were sitting there eating and talking, and I began to hear something cry. And listen, just like a mother and a father, you know the sound your children make. Thank God. But listen, I, 
I could hear Hayden and he was terrified. And I started looking up in the ceiling and he was running through the tunnel and listened to me. And, and li- Hey, I could see him, but he could not see me. You see, when you're lost, it seems like God's a million miles away. But he knows exactly where you are. Now, I could have. It wouldn't have been pretty. I could have climbed up in that tunnel, Chad, and went and got him. But I went down to the end where the slide was, and I hollered up in there, and I said, Hey, Dad. And he said, Daddy. I said, Just follow the sound of my voice. And I looked up and I could see him coming. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Today, listen to me. We have got to make a concerted effort to run after God. Stop listening to the church when they tell you to stop and sit still and wait. That is not in the Word of God. He said, seek and you'll find. Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. If not, you'll sit there till you die. In just a few minutes, here he comes, down that slide, right into my arms. Telling you something, friends, today, listen to me. I'm glad that, hey, he knows where we are. He's made every provision necessary. If I preached on the cross of Calvary once, I preached on it a million times. And God in heaven, give me enough breath, power, and give me enough, uh, listen, presence to preach a thousand more. I'm going to tell you something, friends, today, listen to me. I'm glad that everything has been done. Everything has been, hey, he listened, the table has been made. But you've got to go to him. I'll never forget, there's a little girl at the first church I ever pastored. Alex Caldwell, she's grown up now and got kids of her own. She was a little girl when I went to Pastor Hightower in Delonga. <coughs> and she'd come and she'd run to the altar and she'd pray for hours. And it just broke my heart. And I struggled with it and I prayed over it and I couldn't understand it for a long time and, and just to be honest with you I still don't understand it like I'd like to but you know what I don't have to but you know one thing I learned through that if somebody's hungry enough and God sees their hunger God will never turn them away never so I want to talk to you this morning and tell you to stay hungry I pastored that church for three years. 
And I seen her struggle and keep going and keep going and keep going. Another couple of years went by and after I'd left and she was, I'd still ask about her and I'd go visit during revival and I'd see her go. Until one night, <laughs> seen, me, seen my phone ring and I seen Chuck Caldwell's name pop up on my phone. She was on the other end of the line. She said, Jesus, save me. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. Hey, the Bible says if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Don't you quit. Don't give up. Too many people quit and give up way too early. Amen. Listen, I tell you, I I thank God. Amen. I ain't going to apologize for preaching too long this morning. But I, I'm, I'm fixing to quit. I promise I ain't preaching another hour, though. But Jacob over there, he got a hold of the angel one night. <laughs> and the Bible says that they wrestled. Amen. They wrestled. They wrestled. I'm going to tell you what, so often today, I believe in the church house today, people think that it ought to be easy. Amen. Ain't that right, Wayne? It ought to be easy. For some of you, it may have been an older brother, older sister, daddy, somebody. But I grew up with my cousins, and they was always older and bigger and stronger. And you know, <laughs> always wanted to beat them, but I never could. I just wasn't big enough and strong enough. But I always tried. And I want to encourage the church today, listen to me, at least try. And Jacob, the Bible says that they wrestled all night long. And the angel looked at Jacob and he said, turn me loose. And he said, I'm not turning you loose until you bless me. Wrestling, grappling. I tell you what, church folks today, listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, listen to me. Hey, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, weeping cometh at night, night, but joy cometh in the morning. Well, I'm going to tell you something. In the nighttime when we can't see and when we're struggling and when we're wrestling, hey, the preacher, you don't know nothing about that. I I beg, uh, listen, I beg your pardon. I know what it is to struggle and battle through things spiritually and physically. I understand them all too well. But listen, when we wrestle through these things, I'm glad if we'll just hold on. God will deliver. Amen. Listen, Jacob kept holding on to the angel. The angel said, turn him loose. He said, I ain't doing it. Turn me loose. I ain't doing it. And the angel, the Bible says, reached down and touched the hollow of his thigh and put his joint out of socket. Amen. And it touched his sinew, the Bible says. Hey, listen, and from that day forward, Jacob walked with a limp. Amen. Aren't you glad, friends? I'm going to tell you something. Hey, those that have endured through the night, that have held on, I listen to me, they haven't compromised. I listen to me, but they've wrestled through it all. I'm going to tell you something. There's something different about them folks. Amen. 
When they come limping through, I'm going to tell you what, you can see a, a hitch in their giddy up, and you can see their battle scars and their battle. But glory to God, they're still standing for Jesus. Was it worth it? Yeah. Amen. Hey. Uh, this old wagon's going to be broke up going into heaven. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. If your paint looks nice, new, and shiny, your tires ain't spent, and your air conditioner still works, you ain't used it like God intended. Use it. Do something with it. Amen. Hey. <laughs> Got to go while God's given us provision. And these four men, they said, we'll just run down here to the enemy. Because we sit here, we're just going to die. If we go down there, we're probably going to die. The Bible says they rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they come to the lowermost part of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no man there. Amen. Why I'm glad, listen to me, when I finally come within myself and I came knocking, asking, and seeking as an eight-year-old boy, my granddaddy told me, you've heard me tell this before, listen, he told me, he said, there's coming a day and time in your life when I can't help you, but Jesus can. And in my state and condition when I was lost, I, listen, I knew I was dying. I knew I was going to hell. I knew I had no hope. But I knew the only way I could get out of where I was was to go where he said. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. They said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the hill. Boy, I'm telling you, Chad, ain't you glad? <laughs> ain't you glad? Boy, I am. Listen. Hey, listen, I'm glad. Hey, the Bible says how, listen, how can a man enter in, listen, and possess a man's house lest he, what do Chad? Lest he first bind the strong man. Amen. Thank God, Francis, to me. In this house of this tabernacle, I'm glad that the, the strong man was bound by a stronger man, and his name was Jesus. He evacuated the house. He cleaned it. He swept it. He garnished it. When I got there, no man was there. And I went in. Amen. I'm telling you, getting saved is an overwhelming feeling. And, and let me say this. Let me clarify this. The way I felt the day I got saved ain't got to be the way that you feel when you get saved. I believe that there's a lot of miscommunication. Listen, and, and, it's, and I wouldn't dare tell anybody to change your testimony. Listen, you shouldn't change it even if I asked you to. But I think a lot of people, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, the stars was brighter, it quit raining, it went dark, it got light, you know what I mean? Hey, those are all good things, not saying they didn't happen. I'm going to tell you what, I believe I'm just as saved as Paul, but I didn't get struck down on the road to Damascus killed. See, everybody's experience is different, and let me tell you something that I don't know if you've ever been told, that's okay. 
it's okay. As long as you know you're saved. But these men, they went in, and I'm telling you, it's an overwhelming feeling. When you realize where you left, you realize where you are. I tell you something, friends, listen, for 32 years, I've been trying to figure out what I got, and I ain't figured it out yet. It's like the old joke goes, you heard the man that got saved when he was older in life, and when they saw him in town, they'd always ask him, they'd say, how's it going? He said, it's good. they say, are you still saved? He said, it's getting gooder and gooder and sweeter and sweeter. Every time they'd see him, they'd say, how's it going? He said, gooder and gooder and sweeter and sweeter. He got sick and went to the hospital. And the doctor came in and told him, said, you've got diabetes. And they seen him the next day, and they said, how you doing? He said, it's gooder and gooder and sweeter and sweeter. It's done got so sweet it's turned into sugar. You see, friends, listen to me. I tell you, we get more than we ever bargained for. I'm going to tell you, I've tried to comprehend it. I've thought about it. I've wept over it. I've prayed over it. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. I can't believe that I ever got what I have and possess today. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve eternal life. I don't deserve forgiveness. But thank God I got it. Wherefore, listen, verse 7, the Bible says, Wherefore they arose and fled into the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even to the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, amen. Hey, listen, I love that word uttermost. Hebrews seven twenty five. Bible says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto him, seeing God ever liveth to make intercession for them. Amen. So the Bible says, And they came to the uttermost part of the camp. They went into the tent and did eat and drink and carried flint, silver and gold and raiment and went in and hid it and came again and hid into another tent uh, and carried fence also and went and hid it. Hey, Amen. I, I, I'm glad. I'm gonna tell you something. I've yet, I have yet to really comprehend and understand all the riches that I received that day. A mansion I have. An inheritance which Christ has given me that I, listen to me, I, I still, within my mind, I can't even begin to perceive. Then they said one to another, we do not well this day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry, uh, listen, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will become upon us. Now therefore come that we may and go tell the king's household. You know what, after I got saved, I wanted to tell somebody I got saved. I believe that's Bible. I want people to have what I have. I want you to have what I have this morning. That's why I'm telling you about it. We'll see you soon. Stand to your feet this morning as they come down to the piano and they come with a song. I don't know your heart. I don't know where you stand with the Lord. There's going to come a place and a point in time in your life. You're going to have to deal with the gospel. If you've dealt with it this morning, why would you sit there and die? There's a way out. There's a way of escape.
hope and help and mercy and grace. In his name is Jesus. Come while there's time and opportunity. While we're saying, what's your number, Kent? 